0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you goat paraders, you throat charaders, you boat brigaders, welcome back. Uh, episode five, I think, today. Um, back again with uh, your overly verbose co-host, me, Mister Alexander Scott Moore, the first, and our sultry voiced post punk king of Los Angeles, Mister Cameron Demetric. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, Cam, don't we? Cam? Cam, come on, buddy. Are you there? Cam? Cam, this isn't funny. Cam? Cam? That's right. Sorry, guys. False alarm. You know when you're in love with someone and you guys kind of get into a little bit of a quarrel and then you forget what you were fighting about? Um, false alarm. Uh, I forgot that Cam and I are fighting. So unfortunately, this episode, it's just going to be me. While Cam and I work some of our wrinkles out, I think it's best that we keep the ball rolling on the old goat parade, right? Cam, if you're listening to this, I mean, I'm I'm sorry. I love you. I I hope we can find some common ground here soon because this is awkward. What I'm doing right now. Okay. All right. Just to
1: interject you, and I will be interjecting because I'm still going to be coming in through his episode if I just find things objectable, which I will, because you know he's he's going to paint me as pretentious and he's going to. He's going to say a bunch of stuff. He's going to say I don't like jazz. I can already feel it coming. He's going to say something about how I don't like jazz. So, yeah, I, uh, I will be cutting in on Al's alone. Or I think he later refers to it as
0: Alone. Uh So let's keep going with it, see what he has. What kind of owl do you guys want today, by the way? Do you want radio announcer owl?
2: Or do you want lip service owl? Oh, shit. Do you want some of this Al? You want some of this one? Or do you guys just
0: want regular old charming owl? God, so many owls, huh? Speaking of, what should we call this episode? I'm thinking Alex encounters the avuncular expanse, because I'm probably going to sound like uh, your real kind of obtuse, idiotic uncle today. Or how about a take on uh, Home Alone? Home Owl One. No. Definitely not. Kind of makes me sound like a neo-soul artist from Orange County, doesn't it? How about we just call it Al Alone? There it is. I'm Al Alone over here. That works. Yeah, this is weird. feels like I'm playing a round of Kentucky wall ball by myself over here. No one gets that Um, reference. I get to do whatever the hell I want to. So if you make it through this episode, you might find some tidbits, uh, some interesting factoids, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll play a song or read a poem. I don't know. Who knows? But while we're here, let's just hop into it, right? Um, while the cat's away, the mouse will play. You guys see what I did there? I put Al into mouse. Um, Cam hates jazz. There it so is. So I kind of want to play a jazz song to kick us off today. Is that all right? Uh, this is from a group called the Cinematic Orchestra. This is from their 1999 debut, Motion, and this song is called Ode to the Big C. We'll talk about it after we play it, but let's jam. Beautiful, right? I know, I know, I know. I have impeccable taste. Oh man, if I could do my life all over, or if I was born with any semblance of talent, I'd probably be a jazz drummer. Uh, the drums in that tune, specifically, especially those, those breakdowns are really incredible, huh? That drummer is named T. Daniel Howard on this record. I got to meet him once uh, outside of a show that they were playing, I believe it was at the Wilter, and this was years ago. Uh, my sister went with me. Jess, if you're listening to this, go ahead and turn it off because I'm probably about to put you on blast. But we went to the show because I was a big fan and my sister had become a big fan. This I feel like this band is big in the UK. They haven't really made too much of a splash in the US. Minus one, I want to say it was like a Pepsi commercial. My sister liked this commercial and this song, so she went with me. And as siblings do, especially at this time, we were both blackout drinking and I think even before the show started we were probably blackout drunk and we were hanging around the corner kind of by the loading dock where you would typically see a band and the band was standing outside and we were there I was smoking we were kind of minding our own business but we started talking to them which was really cool of course I'm not the guy that's like oh my god you're the fucking man uh because that person is usually you know the lowest on the the totem pole of of understanding the rules of engagement when it comes to going to a show and sing a band and then meeting the band. But you know, my sister wasn't too uh, well versed in these rules and she was drunk and T Daniel Howard was there and she starts hitting on him like mercilessly. Right. And I'm getting embarrassed. I'm probably turning a hue of, of pastel pink, um, but she starts hitting on him and then I get uncomfortable because uh, he's a, such a great drummer and I had listened to him for so long and here's my sister just like totally slobbering all over this dude in an innocent way i mean i you know it wasn't grotesque or salacious if you will but um i just remember feeling so unamused, like thinking about this guy just like soloing all over my sister or Yikes. doing all these improv fills. It got really uncomfortable. Maybe it wasn't even T. Daniel Howard. Maybe it was just some dude named Dan. I don't know. He introduced himself as Dan, but I figured it was T. Daniel Howard. Uh, who knows? Maybe it was just some dude named Dan. It was probably just some guy named Dan. So, Jess, it's all good. You know, I I, I feel bad. I wanted to trail... Or intro this episode with a trail of breadcrumbs to kind of lead you astray. You know, I meant it in a, in a sense of entertainment, but now I'm feeling really guilty about it. Now that we're kind of getting into the the role of this app and the thickness of me as a person and you as a listener, what are you driving? Um, and at? exchanging these intimacies between you and I, me talking too much, you listening to it for some reason. <clears throat> but Cam and I aren't fighting. I should be honest, we've just been really busy, um and I know we've been late with episodes, so this was actually my idea. Just figured we'd do a couple of shorter There's a fifteen minute uh, to intro. give you guys a feel for who we are since we've never done this. It's just been him and I just you know gaggling together like a couple of geese <laughs> um but I wanted to keep the ball rolling, and I know we're late on an episode, so I just wanted to give you guys something else uh, to ingest. So we're not fighting. Cam, I love you. He's editing this episode right now. He's listening to this in real time. Life is opening up again. Shows are starting. People are hanging out, making babies. You know, I've been busy. He's been busy. We've all been busy. But uh, yeah, I think on the last episode, Cam and I talked about the show that Cam has coming up, right? With his band, Giant Waste of Man, which is actually this coming weekend, again, I don't know when you guys are going to hear this, but you m- may as well just stay in real time with it all. Uh, well, it turns out that um, the, the Giant Waste of Man's bass player, the beautiful and unmatchable talent of Heather Heywood, hey, Heather uh, she pinched a nerve at work, so um I'm filling in for bass, and it's a huge honor and a pleasure to do so. But I will actually get to share the stage with cam uh isn't that fun we've never we've shared stages from uh different bands on the same bill, but we've never played in the same group together it so was fun i'm going to be talking about the lead up to the show. Chances are you'll hear this even after the show because again we're so busy preparing for it. He did well. Al did quite but well. But He's going to be able to tell you on his episode, which will be the next episode of him I'm doing this him weird right now. thing you solo. Did great. Thank you, Al. Uh, about how the show went. Uh, hopefully, I don't fuck up too much. Uh, he doesn't know it right now, but I'm just going to play the baseline for Tool's Schism throughout the whole set.
1: He did do that. Um, He did it at every practice we had, and he did it at soundcheck several times. Um, And even uh, Scott planned keys for us that night, had to uh, ask me to tell him to
0: stop doing that. So uh, he's going to be pretty upset with me. He might have some shit to talk about uh, next episode. So we're not fighting. We're just busy. But we also want to keep our listeners engaged. So this is us engaging you. Okay. Wow. Uh... Maybe this is a good time for me to get some of these random thoughts that circle around in my brain out into the open. I don't know. Like, how about this one? Uh, Tumbleweeds are just the hairballs of the desert. Also, I find it difficult to believe that the Dr. Doolittle franchise hasn't been an outspoken vehicle for veganism. Pretty sure the first thing an animal would say to a human that understands them is, why the fuck are you eating us? It's a good point. Anyways... Maybe I'll smoke some drugs today. I don't know. Cam's always the one smoking drugs, and I'm always the one having to balance it out due to his drug smoking. Uh, but maybe it's my turn today. I don't know. All right, where do we go from here? I'm already hitting that wall. Um, y'all believe in God? Yeah, me neither. I feel like I write a lot about that. It feels like it's a motif, a disbelief motif, if you will. And if you do believe in God out there, that's all good. I am like all for open religious belief. I'm just talking. But yeah, I feel like I write a lot of songs about me grappling with the belief of the big G. A lot of that can probably have something to do with spending a lot of my younger years in the South. But uh, yeah, I don't know um you guys want to hear something i recently started about not believing in god yes do something fuck yeah you do oh and look at that hmm how weird i've got an acoustic guitar right here huh yes in tune enough for some punk you know what i mean all right this is super weird but whatever
2: Will you mention my name, when you get up into heaven? If there's anybody up there anyway, do you think you'll feel the same? Wouldn't it be a shame, if you died and went to heaven? Will you have to explain, when you get up into heaven? By you and I were entertained. Do you think you'll feel a change that'll finally sustain? When you get up into heaven, what good's believing if those left alive are left to grieve? what am I gonna do in hell without you? Heard it's a bunch of fun, but they'll never let you come. And if they could excuse the horrors I've amused, perhaps they'd allow one last duet, but I won't hold my breath.
0: Yeah. All right. Garbage, huh? Well, I didn't say it was going to be any good. Here comes the self-deprecation. Thanks for listening, even though you're being forced to listen right now. um, You're actually not being forced at all. You do have free will, so turn this shit off if you want to. But if you don't, I've got questions. I've got questions for you. Like, have you guys ever been in love? Yeah, sucks, huh? You know what's funny about love? Absolutely nothing. Anyways... Am I the only one who internally sings the opening line from that Incubus song, Wish You Were Here, every time I'm at the beach and I dig my toes into the sand? Yes. I am really looking forward to this giant Waste of Man show, which is a week from yesterday. Uh, Again, you guys will probably hear this after the show happens, but I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while. It's been about a year and a half since I've played bass. On stage, I am returning to my primary instrument, which is always fun. And also, isn't it great to just hold leverage over your friends when they call you in a panic and Mm -hmm. they ask for a favor and you say yes without even thinking about it because you love them and you want them to succeed. But then, seconds or moments or minutes or hours or days after you say yes, you start thinking, oh, this is perfect. Now I have something to hold over them. Which is, in retrospect, the only reason I said yes to playing with Giant Waste of Man. It's not that I'm friends with everyone else in the group, uh, you know, be it Brandon Hardy and Ben and Heather Haywood. I love them very much. I actually love them more than Cam. It's not because of that. And it's definitely not because I want to hear their new record over and over again, which I've been spinning to learn the songs. And it's quite possibly one of the coolest fucking things that's going to come out of Los Angeles whenever it does come out. But it's really just because I'm such a fan of transactional relationships. Let's say it together, everybody. Transactional Transactional relationships. I want you to think for a second. How many transactional relationships do you guys even have in your lives? Chances are most of them. Because we can't just do things for people anymore without having some nefarious reason to do it, right? Just kidding. Bullshit. I hate that shit. And if you have any friends in your life like that, cut them. Cut them from the team right now. Put them on the bench. They're third stringers from here on out. Um, Cam, I'm not going to hold this over you, although I am going to make you play shows with me in the future. Maybe buy me a bunch of soda waters at a bar sometime soon. Uh, You know, all the good things that uh, that I can force you to do the innocent things, the playful things. But um, speaking of, let's circle back to getting hosed. Man, America, right? Getting blasted and paying taxes. That's my favorite part. I've been uh, sauceless off of the booze, the hooch, uh, now for a little over four years. Um, and I only bring this up because it's important for me to be of service. If you guys are out there and you're listening and the gap year was hard. The pandemic year was hard. Maybe you started hitting the bottle a little bit more than you're feeling comfortable with. Maybe you feel like you have no outlet or no place to go. I am actually here for you. All jokes aside, Um, if you guys are feeling strange right now, if you need some help, if you need someone to talk to, I just wanted to let you know very sincerely that I am here. Uh, You can always hit me up, email me, please. I am Alex at gmail.com easy fucking enough, right? It's just me proclaiming who I am. I am Alex at gmail. If you guys got problems, please hit me up. If you need someone to talk to, please reach out. Um, and I, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Uh, you guys can just hit me up to say hi too, if you want. Uh, I know you probably don't want to do that, but if you're going through some shit, I know it's been a hard year. Just want to let you know that uncle Al is here for y'all. Okay getting blasted at paying taxes, right? I want to play a song right now. I kind of want to bring a little bit of levity to this conversation, to this very one-sided conversation, and just play something that reminds me of those glory days. Uh, you know, some people drink to, like, John Mellencamp. Uh, well, I used to drink to this song, and I'll tell you how after we play it. Uh, but this, my friends... Is Bjork's nineteen ninety five cover of Betty Hutton's It's Oh So Quiet Shh. Shh. It's Oh So Quiet Shh. Shh. Shh.
1: It's Oh Oh, so still
0: oh my god it just makes me want to rip my clothes off and oil myself up and go down a slip and slide off the precipice of a cliff and float away into some magical land that doesn't yet exist. Don't you guys feel the same way? I know what you're probably wondering. Why is Al talking about his years drinking, first of all, and then why is he playing a Bjork song to be able to correlate those two things? Well, raise your hand if you've ever been kicked out of a bar. (sighs) Oh, I see there's a few of you with us today. Uh, well, this song was actually uh, the reason I got kicked out of the same bar multiple times. I'd probably say about five or six times. Uh, where my Nashville crew at? Yeah. Um, so old Melrose, guys. Melrose Billiards Hall. Not new Melrose across the street. Old Melrose Old, smoky billiards hall underground where the the Nashville mafiosos used to meet. Um, Old Melrose was a place that I used to drink at, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight days a week. And I was drinking a lot at that time, especially on an empty stomach, because (laughs) who's got the time to, A, spend money on food, and then, B, just have that food uh, interact with how quickly you get drunk? So I was drinking at Old Melrose a bunch, and the bartender, Joss, rest in peace, Joss. Love you, buddy. Thanks for both kicking me out and allowing me back in on several occasions. When I would hit that point, I was browning, but I haven't I hadn't yet like blacked out yet. I would go immediately to the jukebox, as any other well respected person would do. And they had Bjork's It's Oh So Quiet on the jukebox. Well, I am also kind of the guy who likes frolicking, leaping around, showing a bit of skin, uh, dancing suggestively. You know, just just being you know kind of a fun dude. Well, at least fun to me, not fun to anyone else in my immediate vicinity. But when I would be at Melrose Billiards in Nashville. Well, on my way to not remembering a fucking thing, I would put on Bjork's It's Oh So Quiet and then proceed to do a kind of show tune number where I would jump on the pool tables and, you know, take off maybe an item of clothing, whether it be a hat or my shirt. And then I would go from pool table to pool table and kind of like, you know, grind on the railings a little bit. Just, you know, typically just kind of doing this real big theatrical thing, and it would piss everyone in the bar off, um, and I was known at some point for doing this, so every time Joss heard me play It's Oh So Quiet and then see me proceed to jump into th- these theatrics, he would immediately kick me out the moment he could get his hands on me, but I'm a quick one. I'm pretty agile. I'm agile, if you will. You see what I did there? I put Al and It's better agile. than Al. Yeah, yeah. Now you're catching on. But it brings back good memories. Although there was one time where I did ruin someone's pool game, and I believe that there was a large bet on this pool game, and there was one guy uh, very specifically at this table who was not happy. And I say guy loosely. This dude looked like he was 15 potato sacks stitched together and then stuffed with uh, the carcasses of like five dead deer that's how big this guy was he was like 10 times my height anyways he throws me up against the cue wall and everything shatters and then he starts beating the hell out of me he actually had a cigar at that point too that he put out on my left hand took forever for that scar to go away Actually, my brother was there that night, too. Ryan, you listening? You listening to this shit right now? You remember that? I was so amped up from getting the shit kicked out of me that you and I almost got into a fight. Oh, man, good times. Bjork sits oh so quiet. Who would have known? Big edit. Uh, You guys like poetry? And have you ever been to jail? Cool, cool. No narcs in this crew, for sure. Uh, Honestly, jail isn't that bad. It just feels like a red roof in on the outskirts of Indianapolis. Wrote a poem in jail once. You guys want to hear it? Fuck yes, you do. What's cooler than a jail poem? Uh, Cam, put some reverb or flange me up on this, daddy. I want to sound like Zeus after a carton of Virginia Slims. Uh, This poem is called Former Self. Went out in a suit for a pack. Six months later, with a bruised rib, black eye, empty legs and a missing tail, came back without a speck of mud to trail throughout the house. No tall tales of wilderness galore, no more absent excuses of who won the war or if there was one fought, just frayed laces and a stench of the underworld. Metamorphosis' cocoon unveiling of a new species, sharpened by trial and error, an exoskeleton shed his tears from sockets beneath a pupil no longer there. Six more legs, a pair, of wings emerge to change the game irreparably justice had been served the docket swept seals of controlled chaos gaveled down taken away debts to society paid with blank checks freedom and the stripping of it bringing forth a new beast who colors inside the lines resurrection hither to bear queer how one goes out for a sparkle and circles full with a bullet instead beginnings of time yesteryears of observing the boomerang Concrete laid, change no more. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I feel like I'm approaching that threshold of like keeping it a short episode uh, versus, you know, again, just burying my soul way too much. You guys already know too much about me as is. You know, I listen to the killer's hot fuss too much. Uh, you know, I'm a big country fan. You know, I'm a biggie guy as opposed to a pot guy. You just know too much about me. So this is getting uncomfortable. Perhaps I'll finally smoke some drugs now. I haven't yet. Or have I already, and Cam just edited it out due to the nature of a mountainous sum of drug smoking?
1: What are you talking
0: about? The pod universe maybe will never know. But also, you know what they say, the proof is in the potting. Terrible. Okay. How, How do you guys feel about the music industry these days? Do you have that one friend who just loves to talk about the industry and the state of it all the time? I guess maybe i 'm that guy, maybe cam 's that guy too. Maybe all of our friends are those people, uh, because we are I mean, I, for all intents and purposes musicians, but there 's always like yeah there 's always that one guy who 's like, "Oh man, the industry and then there 's the other guy who 's like, "Oh man, the industry, yeah, hell yeah, keep up with the times. I feel like i 'm caught in a, in a vacuum between those two worlds, like I feel like i 'm talking to a lot of my very successful friends. These days, who have a label deal and who are getting some good shows. And it seems like they're all just talking about TikTok. TikTok is pretty cool. Like are, are people writing music anymore for, for to just to release it or have someone listen to it without this whole TikTok charade? And I'm not hating. TikTok seems like a lot of fun. I just feel like I'm getting old. Oh, man, am I getting old? You guys should see my receding hairline right now, it's going back. Yeah, I mean, it's going back like it left its phone at home. It's it's some serious shit right now. But I also, yeah, I don't know. Um, I try to kind of grapple with this in, in a daily fashion. It feels like it's part of my morning affirmations to look in the mirror and be like, hey, dude, it's cool. You don't have to put out any music. You don't have to get a TikTok. You don't have to get back online, which is something that I've been avoiding doing because I've been off of the socials and, you know, the public eye for quite some time now. I'm glad I can provide your only outlet. It's just, I'm really enjoying uh, my humanity without all this, you know, extracurricular garbage just floating around my prism of of being. Um, and I guess maybe, is this a good time? I don't know, Cam's always, you know, Cam's always talking about how, you know, rich and charming he is. What? So it's hard for me to kind of uh, approach these... These uh more sensitive uh things that I've wanted to talk about um, because I have been off of socials for a bit, and I don't get to interact uh with <laughs> I don't want to call them my fan base, you guys are my friends, uh, and you know who you are if you're listening right now, but I've been hesitant to release music, and I'm wondering why, even though I just pretty much described why but let's 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 confront this this elephant in the room. Um, I just wanted to apologize. I took all of my music down off of the streaming platforms and whatnot a few months ago when I got off the socials and I haven't really talked about why. And I know some of you guys have really enjoyed my music in the past. Things just started to get kind of weird, you know, over the gap year and, and, and taking stock and, and who we are and what's important to us, um, Yeah, I took all the cowgirls stuff down, and if you guys are familiar with me and my tunes, I was releasing stuff under that moniker for a little bit. But through everything experienced over the pandemic, uh, the moniker cowgirls, dealing with its inherent inference to a gender I only emotionally, spiritually, and energetically identify with, um, it started to feel a bit like an appropriation, and that actually meant a lot to me. Um, That feeling meant a lot to me, and I wanted to act on it, so... What began with cowgirls as a feeling of empowerment gave way to the necessity of internal inquiries, you know, begging questions of the importance of upholding a belief system that should, in fact, simply be with those who are in the true representations of the desired symbolism. Uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a tough question we have to ask ourselves sometimes. You know, how much is in a name? And how much does a name negatively impact a societal cluster when it is misused? Yeah, and again, I know it's not like I had a fan base or that a name change is a tsunami of revelation or anything. Uh, and my ripple in this vast expanse of expression and output is minimal at its height. Uh, but our lives are still indeed what is directly in front of us and within us, even though the illusion of greater reach you know, is kind of force-fed by the limitless possibility of new media and the like. Uh, but it is pinnacle that we make choices that reflect a bettering of our vicinity. So I just, I've been wanting to say that to some folks out there. There will be some new music coming. I don't know. As I'm talking about this, I'm feeling good, feeling energized. Okay, all right. Long story short, shut up, Alex, because everything is just so dreadfully important to me. And circling back to the aforementioned undertone of nothing really mattering beyond the perimeter of immediate surroundings, let's just go ahead and let it roll and talk about Everyone's new favorite neighborhood, unbearably dramatic non-songwriter. Um, <laughs> count none. And no, no, not none, N-U-N, I'm not a sister of the faith. N-O-N-E, count none. That's who I am these days. And I can literally hear your future eyes rolling at this, but it tracks if you know me. But it's a philosophical choice for relinquishing the dress we fashion around ourselves so dear to us and devastating in its horrid simplicity. And I want to—I just want to break that. I, I want to be able to write behind something that kind of gives me a perspective of returning to a blank slate. Oh, my God. I know. So dramatic, right? Uh, anyways, I am nothing. I prefer it that way, which means I am, in fact, everything, too. Okay, I'm feeling good. Are you feeling good? Let's have an energy exchange. We've been talking a lot about energy. Let's have an energy exchange, shall we? Uh, Since I don't feel like getting back online or attending the dog and pony show, but yet would really just like something to breathe, I'm going to play you something.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought he was driving at. Okay, pump for
0: this. This is probably the safest place to do so. It's been months. I've been sitting on the shit. I just want to play it. I'm going to play you the worst song from this Count None record that I'll probably put out one day, just because. And it's a really bad song, which makes it even that much more fun uh, because it's actually not even a song.
2: Count None, what?
0: It's all coming together. Okay, without further ado, here's a tune about taking advice from your friends and not ever doing so because they're not you and it'll just ruin your life. And it's quite succinctly entitled, Friendly advice.
2: Here we go. On your way out, commit to escape and gather your unravel grudges. Don't forget the bad days, pain arranged to pie for the burning of luggage. Hold the hate in darker still till the tent becomes a prison no calls for mercy when the lace hangs loose and no shot at redemption Fictions. Collect and reinforce negative strengths to flatten the rose colored fictions. They know nothing of stained static cards, tallies against the affair, double crossing, backstabbing. What is the reason? A fucking reflections.
0: Fuck yes. Oh, God, here comes the self-deprecation. Oh, man, if you didn't like me before that, you certainly don't like me now. But that's okay, because I feel like I don't even write songs to be enjoyed anymore. Uh, you know, hence a project like Count None or hence a song like that, Friendly Advice. Um, I don't know if I want people to listen to my tunes a second time. You know, It's kind of like watching a horror movie. It's like, okay, I saw Hereditary once. I'm not going to go back and watch it again. It's a great movie. I watched it three times. Uh, But before we go too far away from the actual point, I do just want to ramble off a couple of the players um, on that song and on this mystical record that may or may not exist or may or may not come out at some point. Uh, Because credit... Should be given where it is due. Joey LaRosa from one of my favorite bands, Junico, uh, of whom I talk about ad nauseum, uh, was on the drums on that tune, but also he did all of the engineering and most of the production for it. Uh, Jules de Gasperi, um, everyone's favorite Angelino Frenchman, who is honestly the best mixer this side of the French Riviera, uh, mixed that tune. We got some Logan Bodian. Yeah. From Moon Honey and Joshua and the Holy Rollers on lead guitar. And we even have Mac Hansen on piano on that tune. Believe it or not, that'll be a fun trivia fact. Um, but also backing vocals that make the song for me. Uh, two beautifully harmonic, angelic women, Shahana Jaffer and Kelly Barron, uh, really, really taking that song to the next level. And if I'm missing anyone, which I don't think I am because I think I just did the rest of that shit, then let me know. I'm sorry. If you like the song, I am Alex Moore at gmail.com. Hit me up. I know I'm going to get pretty few responses on that one. But if you got any questions, if you want to hear it again and not go through the entirety of this 45-minute to an hour episode, that's fine, too. Maybe I'll send it to you. Maybe not. Maybe you can just tell me how cool I am. Um, And on that note, I do not feel cool. This has been a really bad idea. Cam, I'm so sorry. Uh, I can't wait to hear your episode after this one, though, where you have to sit through this type of discomfort. I know it was my idea.
1: It it was, But I just
0: wanted to come back for our regular listeners and apologize um, that we've been so busy and we've been slacking on getting these new episodes out. I know we will return to it very soon. And again, you have a solo cam episode to look forward to. Wonderful. We can talk about music. Uh, But before we end here today, huge shout out to our Patreon contributors and our listeners, Rachel, Katie, Joss, uh, Brandon Hardy, all these people who keep us afloat. We wouldn't do this without you at this point. We would just be in love in silence in the privacy of our own homes, Cam and I. Um, and, And in proper fashion for season three, I've been trying to impersonate Cam uh, on his, his outro, on his Goat Parade out. So I guess I just get to do that again today. Um, so yeah, this has been episode five of the Goat Parade. This is Cam, the sultry voice post-punk king of Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, Goat Parade out. <laughs>